0: Welcome, Phoenix fans, to episode nine of the Burning Bird. I'm Steven Le- Stephen Do <laughs> You almost go to Stephen Hall. <laughs> I, I almost forgot my own name. That's yeah, the kind of day it's family. been here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I'm joined by my regular partners in crime, Harvish Meta. How you doing, Harvish Huck Meta? I think we're going to go with Huck. Oh, is yeah, that right? it was Huck. We're gonna we're gonna come up with that acronym though. It's an I don't know what joke. the acronym is. It's an inside joke. but We're gonna. We're gonna make it very public at some
1: point in the future. So is, stay tuned for that. There. Is
2: it bad that I don't know the inside joke? Yes, no, you, it's
0: very bad. Okay, it's very bad. You were me. here,
1: you know. And if, if we if we talked about it, you'd be like, oh yeah, I remember. And as you
0: can tell, we are joined once again, after a one week hiatus, by Alexander Shaggy Shragis Shaggy. Welcome back to the show.
1: Thank you. Glad to be back, Steve.
0: Okay, so we'd be a little remiss. We'd be a little remiss if we didn't start by having you give us our f- scores from the AUDL All-Star Game
1: between Harvish's pick and my pick from last week. Alright, so, uh, I'm going to slow roll this a lot. My favorite part was that both teams had exactly 18 turnovers piece the way they were credited. That's pretty cool. Um, let's see here. Harvish, you had KPP, which had a weird stat line. Your team ended with 28 assists, 20 goals, 13 blocks, and you were plus 43. Steve, your team ended with 27 assists. That's not as good. 31 goals, that's 11 more goals. 14 blocks for a plus minus of 54. Holy so Steve, your team edged out Harvest's team. What I thought was cool was that uh, your team's Harvest, your team had 2,100 yards receiving about. Steve, your team had 2,900 yards receiving. But Steve, your team had 1,700 yards uh, throwing. Harvish, your team had twenty eight hundred yards throwing. I had the handlers. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you really it was the Philadelphia Phoenix of uh, teams where you threw the disc a lot and didn't score. It was very cool. <laughs>
0: the last I checked, fellas, goals win win games. Right? Goals wins games. Yeah, goals won. Uh, not, there... not throwing it around, Harvish. You can throw for all the yards you want. It's the it's
1: the money goals that count. <laughs> Other other thing that I really enjoyed was Aaron Weaver. I questioned uh, at the draft. I didn't know what he did. I didn't see the stats. He ended with zero assists, zero goals, zero blocks for a plus-minus of zero. He was the Trey back of the All-Star Game. Minus 17 yards receiving, 200 yards throwing.
0: Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are here at Flanagan's Boathouse. Here at First and Fayette, home of the Phoenix post-game sh- uh, party. Please join us here after the each and every Phoenix home game, of which there's one more, uh, for some for, for some food and drink specials here at Flanagan's Boathouse in Conchohocken. Yeah, July Fourth weekend. Stay home and come see a Phoenix game. All right, so we have two games to talk about for the Phoenix this particular week, and frankly, uh, neither one of them ended well for the Phoenix, despite playing very well in the first half of each game. They go off to New York. They're tied at nines uh, in, after the first half. Shaggy, I believe I texted you saying the Phoenix were winning 9-9. Nine to nine. You did.
1: <laughs> <laughs> to, to me, it was a win. Was I definitely. was there, so I knew what was going on.
2: Then you they texted Nevermind
1: right after. And then I Nevermind. texted Nevermind.
0: <laughs> <because laughs> they gave up five straight goals, I believe, to the Empire, and, they, and New York never looked back. And they blew the Phoenix out on their home turf up there in New
1: Rochelle, New York. I will say the Phoenix did cover. It was a five and a half point spread. Maybe we'll get to this. If, uh, oh, we're going oh, to get to It was a five and a half point spread. The Phoenix lost by five. So that's a cover. That was a big cover, especially against a powerhouse like New York. I'm not
0: sure if the uh, Empire knew what the spread was or not. <laughs> uh, but while that was going on... A little bit south in Washington, D.C. The Breeze were totally taking it to the Toronto rush. And that proved to be a pivotal blow to the Phoenix's playoff uh, aspirations. Considering what happened the following day at AA Garthway Stadium when the Breeze came up. And and despite the Phoenix holding an 11-9 lead at half, they lost 21-16. And now the Phoenix stand at two and five and things are not looking very bright right now for the all for the uh, playoff uh, for the playoffs for the Phoenix.
1: Right, and, and they lost both those games in the same way. They looked great in the first half. their offense was aggressive. their defense made the other team work for it. and then they came out in the third quarter. their offense looked timid and the defense just let the other team score in like a, like a throw. I think the first couple of D.C. offensive possessions in that third quarter took maybe one minute total. So you can't do that. Like, the, they're, Everyone's tired in that game. D.C. had this huge game against Toronto. Philly just played in New York. I know you wanted me to play in that game in Harvish, but they didn't. They played all their dudes. They just played a tough game in New York. There's no reason that D.C. should be able to come out as the aggressors. Especially in the second half dealing. there. I mean, that, that, that was very rough
0: to see. I mean, for the second consecutive game, the Phoenix come out completely flat in the third quarter. Parvis, what what do you think is the problem?
2: Well, first of all, they came out both times with a four-point deficit starting the third quarter. Both times. They gave
0: up four straight goals. Four know. straight goals, yeah. yeah. Both games, that's right. And, and I don't care what the score is at halftime, you give up four straight goals, you're burying yourself. Yeah.
2: So that, that's that's kind of what we're kind of talking about. Like, are there halftime adjustments or not? And if they are halftime adjustments, are the players applying them? Because it looks like the other teams are making changes. While we were competing in the booth against DC, we saw a great huddle by DC with some of the captains, Rowan, and the coach who wasn't Daryl. You know, going over the stats and going over, hey, what do we need to do to win this game and come back? But
0: differently. What do we have to do differently to yeah. win this game? Because some things were not working for the breeze in that first half that suddenly started clicking. And you got to give them a lot of credit. That's a great
1: observation. I will say I like some of the adjustments that Philly made coming out of the... Out of halftime in the DC game, they switched Arcata onto Rowan. So Nardelli had that matchup in the beginning of the game. He was struggling. I think that I think that um, Rowan is he was Rowan was not catching things downfield, which Nard excels at defending downfield threats. Rowan was moved to the backfield, and when Arcada moved to that defensive role, he did a good job. The problem was the they lost concentration in what was happening. Rowan Rowan was running free in that first quarter. He was he scored three goals and had two assists in the
0: first quarter alone. Yeah, and we went to a five goal, four assist game against the Phoenix. I mean, he played like the MVP that he is. I mean, but that that switch to Arcada, we, we called that. You called it, Steve. Well, you we, called we it. We called that early in the, in the in the first quarter. I mean,
2: actually, in the first half that and, matchup, and,
0: and for that to take that long to occur. Was a little disheartening to say the least, especially considering the run that they went on, and there was no way to stop that bleeding. Uh, people were getting; the Phoenix looked like they were getting gassed while getting while the while the Breeze were gaining energy and taking a, a lead that they would never give up for the rest of that game. Yeah. And that was just tough to watch.
2: Yeah. So we do have to give Fodak a credit for their their what they did differently in the first half of that DC game. And you're right; they did give Arcata Rowan and they gave Nardelli. Max Castle. Arcada hey, Arcata
0: did okay against Rowan. No, he did. And he needs to do more of that and for the Phoenix to be somewhat successful moving forward, in my opinion.
2: There were two players that were hurting us in that first quarter and first half. It was Rowan and Castle, and he gave he switched up defenders and he gave Castle,
0: Nardelli... And Arcata, they gave him. Rowan. Matt Castle uh, had four goals and three assists in that game for the Breeze as, as well. It's very uh, coming off a nine-goal game. Coming off a nine-goal game against the the, the Rush, yeah, the, the night before. So, well, that was the second loss of the season to the Breeze. They the Phoenix dropped the opener. Now they're two and five, and the the Breeze are six and four. So the Phoenix are four games back. They're 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 facing a huge uphill battle right now they have one last chance here to go to dc this saturday and take the breeze down at carlini field on the campus of catholic university down there in dc with the opening poll slated for 4 p.m uh guys what what can the phoenix do different that they didn't do the previous two times let alone a mere 5 days ago from the recording of this podcast that they can figure out a way to get a W against the Breeze this season before the
1: season series ends so the phoenix need to score points i mean <laughs> I, I a certain point so like we so brilliant but so clear like, <laughs> we can we can debate we can debate like strategy all we want but if you're scoring 16 points a game you're not going to win games like no. They if they want to beat DC, they need to put up eighteen twenty points. And that's gonna come that means that maybe like look, maybe Mott needs to move to that maybe Mott needs to move to that Rowan McDonald role where he's maybe he's not a cutter on this team. Maybe he's a handler because Mott will throw the disc wherever he wants. You know, maybe that's something that has to change. Maybe maybe you we need to put like Bryce Dunn on the O-line, because Dunn, as good as he is as a defender, is willing to huck the disc. Like, when the Phoenix are hucking the disc, they're successful, even if the hucks aren't successful. You look at that New York game, Mike Arcada had some awful, awful hucks. yeah. Really, I mean, that he played the worst half. He said that it's the worst half he's ever played in Frisbee, and as someone that's played Frisbee with him for a while, it might be the worst half he's ever played. He threw two hucks to Ethan Fortin, who was being covered by Babbitt, and Ethan did not have steps. Ethan was behind Babbitt, and Babbitt ran up and he got the D, And oh, the I Phoenix, mean, so
0: in, in Mike's defense, if you're going to throw a deep against somebody, Jeff Babbitt's the guy.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Known, known. <laughs>
0: that's, that's I got sarcasm, ladies and gentlemen. That's finest right there, and I apologize.
2: But he's, the shot, he's right. That's what makes him well Very dangerous. They have to let be like, let it loose at any time. They have nothing to lose at this point. Exactly. They really have
0: nothing to lose, so they do have to let it
2: They loose. played against that, like that against New York, and they had a 9-9 half. And it's when they thought they
0: could win the game, it's when they kind so of screwed the show- pooch. Well, and, and you saw that a little bit against Toronto in their win, where in the second half, Toronto kept making pushes, making pushes, and the Phoenix were sort of like, they were swinging the disc, trying to run clock, they were nervous, they didn't quite know how to close out the game, and it was clearly evident. And again, I mean in the third quarter, when they have a chance to really establish a lead, they really did not take advantage of that opportunity, especially against the DC Breeze at home on Sunday. Our third quarters have been really rough. It's, they've been really rough, and hopefully that starts getting addressed. Now the, the Phoenix are, you, you got to think that they're turning their focus a little bit to the younger guys on their rosters on the roster now, and getting them some playing time to see what they have moving forward. So you're going to see the uh, Matt Ballmans, the Bryce Dunns, the Austin Lillises, the uh, Paul Owens of the world. Greg Paul Miller, Owens had an awesome game. Awesome couple, couple games. Paul Owens. Well, and let's, let's talk about these guys. So far this season, uh, uh, Paul Owens and uh, Matt Ballman and, uh, and both have two goals apiece. Now, Ballman and Bryce Dunn have two blocks apiece against the Breeze, so it's not like they they, they can't do it, right? And so let's see if they can provide more of that. But, uh, hey, Harvish, who, who's, who's been the Phoenix's best player against the D.C. Breeze so far this season? Do you know? I mean, is it Mott? Is it Vermont- Mott? That's, that's been
2: doing okay. How about Billy Sickles? He's had a lot
0: of blocks against You're, you're talking about some pretty big stars on the uh, Phoenix now, but uh, yeah. no, it hasn't been quite it hasn't quite been Billy Sickles. I think there's a reason he's asking you. There um, is a reason I'm asking you, Harvish. Come on. <laughs> it's your brother, Himalaya. It's Himalaya. It's Himalaya. has <laughs> got eight goals against the Breeze. So he did have a year. very good first game against the D.C. Breeze yeah. in that first week. That's true. He I mean, did. He seemed, they seem to have made him a little bit of a focus in the second game. So I'd like to see your brother kind of break out from under that blanket that the uh, Breeze put on him and start putting up those big numbers again, especially down in D.C. where he seems to play particularly well.
2: Yeah, from a personal perspective, I think he's been traveling a little less for the past three, four weeks, so he's been kind of getting the rhythm and going to practices and finally att- attending games and getting a little better. Oh, thank yeah. God. Thank God he stopped traveling so much because it's been brutal.
0: <laughs>
2: I mean... There, there are some positives to the Phoenix, right? There, we got to look at some positive, right? The power rankings came out today. Okay, okay the
0: power rankings came out. Okay,
2: three of the top five teams are in our division. Number one, New York. Number three or four, Toronto. And Number five, DC. So okay, but we are losing to. Really where's good teams. our power ranking? What's the Phoenix? We're fifteen.
0: Phoenix are fifteen out of what? 21? Twenty-one. Yeah. That's about right right now. I mean, they, they they should be sinking like a little bit of a, a stone right now, and uh, having the, having the empire still on the uh, on the on the on the slate, having the, the, a, a away game at the Rush, and then a whole another Canada trip where they play the Royale and the Outlaws to end the season. It could be a little. Uh,
2: so it's a whole tour
0: they, of they, our division. They, 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 could so have, they could have a real hard time finishing a season on a really positive note right now. So uh, going, to, so we got to take it one game at a time and go to DC and let's see if we can uh, get like cause some damage to the DC playoff hopes right now. So we are here again at Flanagan's Boathouse, in, uh, first in and Fayette. And, Beautiful downtown Conshohocken, Pennsylvania. It was going to rain today, but I've only yeah, seen I sunshine. Sunshine. Oh, it, it poured here earlier. It did it? absolutely no. torrential oh. downpours. I don't have windows. I got in a flood warning. Yeah, they canceled. I did too. They canceled pickle down at the at the Fairmount Park oh, somewhere. No, not valley. pickle. As soon as I, as soon as I walked out, I saw like sunny pickle. sunny skies, and I'm like, wow, it didn't really um, rain, did it? Although, they, although this Saturday down in DC, it's going to be 82, sunny with winds 5 to 10 miles an hour, so a slight breeze, a beautiful day, low humidity, should be a beautiful day for Ultimate down in D.C. So uh, we're now going to move on, and I'm going to interrupt Shaggy to get his Shaggy Super Stat of the Week. We missed him him announcing it last week with his normal fervor. They had to put up with me saying talking about
1: your... Rowan McDonald Stat What do you What do you got This week Yeah well I wish I hadn't said anything About Rowan McDonald Because he coached us But look The Phoenix I said earlier That we need to Score points to win The Phoenix When we score 18 points Or more um, I say or more But that's a little Tongue in cheek We're 2-1 and one. If we score less Than 18 points We're 0-4 oh and, and that one Loss Where we scored 18 points Was a 2018 Loss to DC That I think Was a game That we could've won I I know it's true that you can't win games when you don't score points, but for the Phoenix, it really is true. Like, we're not just losing these games and we don't get to 18. We're getting blown out. And I don't... There are a lot of reasons that that could be. Um, you could say that, you know, if we're not scoring those points, it's because the other team is. And, you know, if you have to score 40 points in a game and we're only scoring 15 of them, that means the other 25 are coming from somewhere. But we need to put points on the board. And... We, that like they they either want if I am Hampson I either want to look at drastically shifting the way that I approach constructing that O line or I want to look at the offense because one way or the other if we're not putting points on the board like what are we doing I I couldn't agree with you more there needs to be
0: I mean clearly there needs to be more points scored. And the the Phoenix has got they got to find a way to get the disc back. I mean, they're still chasing their person from time to time, and it's very frustrating to watch, especially from
1: the booth. Right, Harvest?
0: Yes, definitely, definitely.
1: I don't know. It's so hard to to play defense against like Jack Williams and Ben Benyad and Rowan McDonald. In game, game, game. Game. Yeah, it, it's hard if you're if you're playing person to person. It's completely
0: hard. But if you're having people jump off their person and coach and try to take away lanes and sh- like maybe not double team everybody. Maybe as a matter of fact, leave them unmarked. Leave somebody unmarked and take away lanes a cutters downfield. Maybe that isn't the worst idea, but they need to do something different. I I will say that because right now they're giving up too many points and they're not scoring enough, and that is a terrible way to play any sport. I don't care what it is. Tiddlywinks to ultimate frisbee to football. If you can't you can't do stuff like that. So I
1: want to shout out a couple of young guys. Uh, they, they, you were shout talking about young guys. Young guys?
0: Yeah. y'all well, not we talk about the fact that the AUDL has a betting before we do the shout out to the young guys? We can do shout out to the young guys. At the well, game.
1: you just did shout out young guys. I wanted to add to your list of Ballman and Dunn. Oh, young guys on the Phoenix. Yeah, I thought yeah. You were talking
0: about like interns you met. At the no, game. no, 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 <laughs> no, no. I don't care I don't want about talking about interns. So, but, oh, okay, <laughs> we, if you want to
1: talk about some of the lesser. Hello, Phoenix guys. Then, by all means, go ahead. Thank you. Uh, first of all, I want to give a shout out to Paul Owens. I thought like he is—he's extremely athletic. He's going to make some really cool layout D's in the near future. And he also—he's twenty, but he did not look like the moment was too big for him. He might be nineteen actually, and he looked like he was ready to be there. And I really like the play also of Greg Moeller. He wasn't putting like plus minus stats on the board, but every time he got the disc, he turned and he looked like he knew what to do with it, and I think that matters. And I know that we have a lot of facilitators, and maybe we don't have enough people on the team that are gonna stab the dagger into the heart of the defense on the other on the other team, but I thought they looked really good for their first couple of ADL games.
0: First off, Owens and Moeller were both mentioned earlier, so no need for the shout-out. No, they, yes, right. Right. Yeah, they were Yes, they totally, were. totally mentioned them right, earlier. Okay, I'm sorry. Totally <laughs> mentioned them earlier. Okay, nope, no worries. Uh, Greg Moeller had two terrible turnovers. <laughs> I had a talk with him after the game, and he admitted as much. And I'm sure if we have him on the program, he'll be more than willing to admit that he did some terrible throws. And we need people, like we were saying earlier, that are willing to throw the disc. Not be super conservative, so let's see people take some shots.
2: But so the, peop- the people, the people I want them to take the shots are our handlers.
0: Well, they're the ones with the skills. Off. Look, anybody shoot it? Look, if you, f that. Anybody on the team, if you get the disc in power position, you're you're a professional frisbee player now. Put on your big boy pants and throw the disc. I don't care if you're a cutter or not, okay throw to so space. Then we get
2: then we get throws like Arcana in on that second half against New York, and then we get throws like Frankie Gomez last
1: time. First half against, against New York. He was he, he was great in the second half. The first half no, against I'm sorry, New York. I'll
0: mix it up, I'm sorry. It's okay. Yeah. But anyway. Let's talk about this new development going on in the AUDL as far as betting is concerned. You're now allowed to bet real money, offshore betting, on AUDL games. The Phoenix, in the first ever weekend on which you're able to bet on AUDL games, the Phoenix are the biggest underdog of the weekend. They're six and a half point dogs against the DC breeze on the road now you were talking about how they covered the five and a half against New York earlier that was before people could bet real money on on alternate. and not only do I want to get your uh, pick at the end but I want to delve into a, perhaps a little bit of a darker side that could present itself for the AUVL here I mean these guys aren't getting paid a lot of money. I just I just thought of that. Yeah, I, I know they're not allowed to bet. I mean, they're, they're, they're there's a real spirit of the game te- like test here. Like do you do, like you know, if your buddy is betting and he's got a 100 bucks riding on the San Jose Spiders to beat the LA Aviators out in the west, I mean, if you're a San Jose Spider and they're going to drop a little coin your way, I mean, what's to say you don't accidentally drop one or throw one a little too far for your teammate to make sure the score stays within the spread. I mean, what do you what do you think? I mean, is that a possibility of a carry,
1: or am I just being a little bit uh, dark? Not only do I think that's a possibility, I think that's the best thing that can happen for the ADL. What, a scandal? Like yeah. the uh, like the 1919 Black Sox? That's right. You know wow. you, you know who doesn't have the rep of... A hundred years after the fact, we're calling for it to happen again. You know who doesn't have the rep of baseball in the 1910s? The AUDL? Yeah, the AUDL does not have the rep. <laughs> we are not anywhere close to America's past I, t- I would tend to disagree right now. I mean, were you able to offshore bet on the baseball in the 19... 19- hundreds? Probably not, but I also haven't seen many newspaper articles talking about it either, and look Prince of Dying Media, so maybe that doesn't count for anything but if there was was a a betting scandal in the AUDL, it would blow up, it'd be a big deal and a lot of people would tune in to AUDL.TV to see the next game of Rigged Ultimate the WWE <laughs> is one of the most popular sports in the world, and it's not an accident. What are you, are you, are you calling
0: for a rigged,
1: like, like, WWE, like, Ultimate League? I'm just saying, form and have, like, would you? No, it can't, you can't have rigged Ultimate, because it's it's a little too hard to actually rig this sport, but I'm saying, a betting scandal would not be the worst thing for, uh, for clicks. Wow. He took this wrong, I thought he was gonna say something like,
2: oh, you know what, if the players don't get paid off, pay the players more. That's what I thought he was gonna say,
1: but you know what he says? Something really out there. I am curious I am curious though what Maybe this is a little like inside baseball, but like the AUDL has to be receiving a portion of the best. Like that's the way that all right? Like you get if, if you're going to open your league up to betting now that it's legal, I think that that's because like the NFL receives a kickback, I think the AUDL receives a kickback, and that's probably not in the CBA for the players. Like That could be a lot of money coming in that isn't going to players, which would be interesting to see moving forward how that looks. I, I think they're opening up a
0: whole can of worms, and they aren't going to be able to close, man. And... But, but
2: again, do these all three players play for money, though? Is that... Are they? are not getting paid that much. Are they actually playing for money?
0: Well, oh, that's, that's that's another. Most way to these look ultra at it.
2: players have professional jobs. They really
0: don't need this money. Oh, you don't think these guys would rather? Do, no, I'm sure. Do I'm sure. sure there are some. Their regular job. Oh no, I'm sure there are some. Arvish, but Arvish, you were in the booth with me doing color commentary one time. Would you not rather do that than your regular job on a, if you had your druthers? Tell me the truth. Tell me the truth there, Harvest. Come on, don't be smiling at me like that. Sure, yes, sure. see, <laughs> so you would give up your job and to totally do ultimate color commentary if you could make a living doing it. In a heartbeat. In a, in, a, in a total heartbeat, right? a total heartbeat, right? They wouldn't even need to pay
1: me that much. <laughs> that's
0: what I mean. Yeah, I mean, like, so, like, for an ultimate player, I mean, how long is their career? And if you're, in, like, let's take Shaggy's point of view for a second. Let's say you're KPS, right you know it out in wisconsin like you want to like you know shake things up take a, take up take a bribe i don't i don't know man like be the be the black Sox. do you do that do you want to be that guy you want to be like uh, benedict arnold i don't know man there's a whole there's a whole lot of stuff that could be going on there all right so harvish if you're a betting man you're laying 100 bucks Before before we go there, I want to make
2: sure I'm clear. So the spread is 6.5 points. Six
0: and a half. Six and a half.
2: Okay, so if the score is 14, no, sorry, 16 to 12, Phoenix.
0: Phoenix win then. Yeah.
1: If the
2: score is
1: 16 to 22 DC, and you bet on the Phoenix, you would win money. Because six and a half points means that as long as the Phoenix don't lose by seven or more points, and you bet the Phoenix, you win money. Right. Yo, I'm not... A, yeah. a crash g- course in battle. Gambling's
2: a slippery slope for me, you know, but this... What it is really a slippery...
1: Like, you know meat is a slippery slope for you,
0: dude. <laughs> like, you don't need to are a vegetarian, my word, okay? I mean, like, you know, sometimes no, I saw you. you drink Diet Coke last week and I was impressed that you were turning to the hard stuff, okay, my man? I mean, my word. All right? I mean, uh, Harvish, <laughs> You're about as clean cut as it gets. No, no, no. But, like, like... So if DC if 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 wins 22 to 16, you win by a half a point. Do you understand? <laughs> exactly. Okay. You, okay. Okay. So, what do you think the final score of the DC Breeze Phoenix game is going to be this weekend in DC? Twenty eighteen Phoenix. The Phoenix are going to win twenty to eighteen. Yes. So you're saying you need needs the point. I don't need it. it no. It's it's he harvest is taking the Phoenix
1: outright taking the money line just yeah. outright yeah I'm, oh I, my word. i think i
2: think a 6.5 spread is outright very very widespread i think the phoenix would definitely cover that okay and more all right they're Outplus, way more
1: they're plus 350 so if you win if you bet a hundred dollars on the phoenix to win outright you would make 350 dollars okay what if they cover the spread if they cover the spread you and you bet a hundred dollars yeah you would you and if you if they cover the spread um, if you get $110 on the Phoenix to cover the spread, you would win $100. Yes. Okay. So you would end up, at the end of the day, with $210. The $110 you bet plus an additional Oh, rate. yeah. Look, look at him. He's starting to get the shakes. I think I think we got a gambling addict already at, at,
0: at, 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 coming to birth right here. This is so certain. This is such Harvest, a certain Har- bet. Harvest, Harvest, Harvest
1: is trying to jump out of the seats and run to the books right now. My word. The Phoenix oh. only lost by six last time. That's not even the most certain it lost bet. lost by five at
0: home. 2116 was there. they lost oh, yeah. on Sonic,
1: yeah. only oh, okay.
2: five. We could come on. Let's just sort of bet. You have to go to Phoenix. Alright, alright. Oh, Shaggy, what do you what's your thoughts? I'm putting money on this game. You're yeah. putting money on the how game. Do on? Yeah, oh, how do how All right. you do this? You gotta teach me how do you do this?
1: Alright, alright. We'll, we'll, we'll about, go over that after. Yeah, we'll <laughs> go over that. We'll <laughs> talk about that after the if the podcast is over. <laughs> alright. I think I think it's gonna be nineteen fifteen DC. Um but another Phoenix cover. But but so definitely so, gonna cover. so, so definitely here, gonna cover. here are all the cool things about the Phoenix. First of all, um, that I don't think that's the most sure bet on this game. The over under is set at thirty nine points. Do you want to know how many Phoenix games have gone over thirty nine points? Two. One, it was just that Montreal game, the 25-15 uh, no, no, debauchery. We haven't no. even gotten close to 39 points in our games. Wow. We're not a team, we're not a division that gets to 39 points. But that 20-18 to 18 game in the to, to open up the season was the closest we've gotten, other than that loss, to Montreal. The Phoenix under is my surest bet in that game. The Phoenix-DC under. Wow. Total points. All right, all right. And,
0: and, and, you, and you have the Phoenix covering, right?
1: Yeah, I guess. You know, a five-point loss is a cover. Okay. All right. Um, I've
0: learned over the years, gentlemen, as somebody that's bet very irresponsibly from time to time on, on different football games and whatnot, uh, that the people that make these lines know more than us, right? Okay, and... There's a reason why the line is six and a half and the over and under is thirty-nine points. And it's because I truly believe that the Phoenix are gonna they're gonna cover by a half point. One way or the other, it's gonna be a half point. And I like I like the Phoenix to I, like the, I think the, I think D.C. is going to win by 7.
2: No. I do. I think
0: it's from 24-17, uh, 24-17 D.C., and that puts them at 41. And that's the totally the over of the 39. And that goes with keeping with the Phoenix's under-18 losses. If they don't score 18 points or more, they don't win. So I'm, I'm keeping within the realm of all the possibilities. 24-17. DC covers by a half point. They go two points over the over-under, and the Phoenix falls at 0-3 against the DC Breeze this season. Alright, uh, so we are about ready to wrap up our ninth episode of The Burning Bird here. Uh, Harvest, you have anything you'd like to add before we uh, close up shop for the evening? No, I need to figure out how to gamble. That's what I gotta do. You need to figure out how to gamble? We're we're gonna give you a crash course in that here in a moment. Shaggy, you have anything else you'd like
1: to add? Yeah, I got got two things. My first thing is the ways to the playoffs. Um, Philly is not out of the playoffs. We actually still control our own destiny. The first way to make the playoffs is to beat DC. If Philly wins out, if Philly wins out, um, we hold the 2-0 head-to-head tiebreaker over Toronto, of all people, we'd be in the playoffs. The other way is Philly loses, but not to Toronto. Toronto goes 1-3 and three down the stretch. We'd make the playoffs. Or Philly loses to Toronto, but Toronto goes 1-3 and three down the stretch anyways. Philly wins the rest of their games, and Philly somehow scores 41 more as a plus 41 point differential versus Toronto, which means that when you take... All of the remaining games of Philly for their points for and all their points against and all of Toronto's remaining game points for and against Philly's number is 41 bigger than Toronto's number. It's not possible that one. But Philly can win out or lose to or lose one more game but beat Toronto and still make the playoffs. Although that would require a collapse by Toronto if Philly does not win out. You know, there's an easier way, actually, in the playoffs for the
0: Phoenix, and it's a little-known AUDL rule where if they can somehow capture four leprechauns and have the leprechauns convinced to give them their pots of gold, then they
1: can, then they're allowed into the playoffs this season. Which I think is more feasible than what you just put out there, but that's neither here nor there. Are we allowed to talk about the first Philadelphia AUDL team, or is that off-limits? That's off-limits for right now. Okay, well then, there is in fact an easier way to win in the playoffs in AUDL than even the Leprechauns, but that'll be a uh, Burning Bird B-side. We'll we'll have to uh, delve into that topic at another podcast,
0: at another time. I feel left out. Oh, I don't know what you guys are talking about. We'll don't worry, fill you honey. in after we teach you
1: fair. We got to fill
0: you in <laughs> on all kinds of stuff, Harvish. Don't worry. Your brother, your, your family might not welcome you back into the fold after hanging with us for another couple of weeks. They just won't welcome us back. <laughs> <laughs> all right, for Harvish Meta, for Alexander Shaggy Shragus, I'm Steve Liner. Thank you for joining us for episode nine of the Burning
2: Bird.